and welcome into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. Ben Mandel with Tom Leone, Mike Dykunzak, as we are here to talk hockey. We've got a lot to go over. I know we've got the Rangers and Red Wings game going on right now, so if Tom uh, has some sudden mood swings, that's why. Uh, but first, we are going to get right down to business because the biggest news in hockey right now is that Patrick Kane decided he knows where he's going to play, and it is Detroit. He's going to Detroit, playing with the Red Wings now. Talent-wise, it's a good group. It's definitely a team that has put themselves into contention. But, guys, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this was the right move for Patrick Kane, and do you think this is the right move for Detroit? Um, I, for me, Ben, I think Patrick Kane, I think I'm trying to relate this to the sport I know best, and that's football, right? I think with Patrick Kane and what he's going, his route in his career right now, obviously he's a legend. He's going to be forever a legend, but he's kind of like the Julio Jones of the NHL right now. Like he's it's like Odell Beckham. Yeah, like Odell Beckham. Well, that's perfect, yeah. But I, I want to put a little more respect on on uh, on Patrick Kane. <laughs> yeah, <team>. at least, <laughs> I mean, no, Odell did right. win the Super Bowl with the Rams, but you're right. You're Patrick right. Kane had that one, had the historic runs with Chicago, so I get that, but I do understand understand that yes yeah absolutely no i understand i mean when it comes to the decision though I, I i don't know i don't know if he was waiting to to hear back from his beloved rangers but i guess he just made a decision what he felt was what uh, was best for him to continue his career and see if he could play on the next level again we saw glimpses of it last year with the rangers you know obviously he still got it to an aspect but obviously age is a thing and, and that's occurring with him um but maybe he just thought detroit was you know a good enough team for him to try to go find another stanley cup quest and um, and and uh, we'll see if it pays off. I think I think he chose Detroit. I think he's going to get traded uh, at the trade deadline again. I think Detroit's going to move him and get some some picks. And the reason why I think he chose Detroit is because he looked at all the contenders he could have gone to, and he was like, you know what? Coming off hip surgery, uh, some teams don't have the ability to wait or give me the top line minutes or top six minutes that that I want or need right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to Detroit. They're kind of good. If it, if it starts rolling, I'll stay. If it goes South, I get all these top six minutes. I'm going to be on the number one power play. I'm going to be playing, you know, 18 to 20 minutes a night. And then I can get traded to a team like Toronto or the Rangers. When um, my cap hit isn't as high for them, I can still go play there and get the money I want. So I think it was a win-win for him. It's if Detroit continues to play well and stay in the playoff spot, He'll stay there and go on a run with them. If they go south, he gets to get traded to a contender, and Detroit gets picks or prospects. So, I think I think it's a it was a it was a smart choice in the time of what I think Patrick Kane wants going to Detroit. Yeah, I definitely think that's an interesting take, especially because yeah, you know he is inj- he is coming off the injury. Teams don't have that ability to just let let's see what he has in like preseason. You know, these are games that, you know, the points are meaning so much. You see how close everybody is in the standings. I mean, the Devils, who I think currently sit in sixth in the Metropolitan, are two points back of Philly, who's in third. So they're, they're six points back of Carolina, who's in second. So, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, a lot of clumps in the standings right now. The points mean so much. Everyone's just trying to stack up points and so, so I understand that logic, um, but I think that Detroit is one of those teams that that sees themselves as a playoff team. I think that they truly believe that this is a move that's going to get them over the top. I don't think so. I think that this is the equivalent of bringing in a washed-up veteran at, at the deadline. I think whatever you get out of Patrick Kane at this point is a bonus. I, I just don't think that he's going to be better 
than really what you could have gotten. Now, I think that this is also really interesting because this is a move that I almost wish Detroit was still in the West for. Because that Detroit-Chicago rivalry used to be one of the best in hockey. And if Patrick Kane went to Detroit after all of that. already there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chicago has enough going on right now. But, um, you know, the whole. (laughs) What a story. (laughs) And, like, obviously, from what I've heard anything, like, the real, like, reason why the story blew up isn't true but the i mean the blackhawks did wave Corey perry they said if he clears waivers they are cutting him he's gone but you know i i think if if detroit and chicago still had that rivalry that they previously had that would have been an amazing amazing uh story to come back to but we are going to move on because there are two teams that in the preseason you know we we talked about and didn't have high expectations for we were kind of doing this last episode as well talking about some some teams that you know maybe we were wrong about well we have two more to go into this week the philadelphia flyers and the winnipeg jets the flyers third in the metro right now i know they they haven't been great but they're still hanging around they had that hot start they haven't completely tapered off i know that you know, we've seen some disappointments in the Metropolitan this year. We've seen a couple of surprises. We were talking about Washington. Could they sustain it? Now, Philadelphia, behind a resurgent Carter Hart, seems like he's finally putting it together as the team is finally playing Tortorella's shot-blocking defense-first system. Guys like Travis Sanheim, Travis Konechny, um, you know, uh, Cam Atkinson, they're, they're scoring for the flyers they're they're producing they're getting those goals you know is this a sustainable method for the flyers is the are the flyers a good team we'll start with that i don't know i i I feel like they kind of just like to your point earlier i think they just got off to a hot start and they're hanging on by a thread now i think what we talked about in the preview pod i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go on on record and saying oh i think they're a good team and they're gonna maintain this and they're gonna make a playoff spot I, I think what we talked about, how they're veterans, they're greasy veterans, they're they're kind of underperformers the last couple of years, or kind of they're now performing to the level they're getting paid. I think that it's perfect for Philly and what where they want to go. I think they're going to get great value for these guys at the deadline. I think they're going to understand they're not going to win a cup with this group. And the better these te- this team plays, the closer they are to a playoff spot. Just means that you know they keep getting they keep getting the the production out of these top guys they'll trade off those pieces and hope their young core, whatever pieces they get back can maintain, you know, either a playoff spot or, or a near playoff spot. So my short answer, no, they're not a good hockey team. I think these veterans just know kind of where they're, they're, they're playing for their next spot, I think. And, and it, it'll be interesting how much they sell off. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go with the fact that they're underrated. I'm not going to say they're a great hockey team. I think uh, obviously where we had them predicted in, um, in our preseason pod, you know, they definitely didn't get the respect um, that they deserved. And it is impressive to me to see how Carter Hart kind of is progressing this year. I mean, it's probably his best year in a long time uh, for him. So, um, you know, if you have a good goaltending and, and, and a legend like him, then it's, it's impressive. But I think that they're coming down to earth just a little bit. I know they lost like the last three against four against uh, other division opponents and they have bigger tests coming up with the 
Penguins and the Devils. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes out as well. But um, definitely was off to a hot start. And, uh, you know, I got to give him respect to the art of third and, and Metro at the point. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm going to go with it. They're underrated from what we thought they were going to be. But I don't want to overhype them too much. Yeah, I think, you know, with Philadelphia, they Tortorella's system is a low floor system. It's a low ceiling, but it's a low or a high floor uh, system rather. And when you know you play for when you have John Tortorella as your coach, you're not going to win a lot of cups. You're not going to get to a bunch. You know, Tom knows this as a Ranger fan. You only have so far you can go under John Tortorella. While at the same time, you're not going to you're going to be around the playoffs. You're going to be sniffing the playoffs every year. Still, you're going to be competitive. You're not going to be able to get over the top. Now, the other team to talk about that, were we wrong about Winnipeg? It is another year. They're getting better. Uh, Kyle Connor, 23 points. He has 14 goals. Mark Scheifele, 23 points. Josh Morrissey, 19 points on the back end. Connor Hellebuck in goal. You know, this is a team in Winnipeg that I know I was not giving a lot of credit coming into the season. I know there were a lot of flashier picks in the West to try and pick on the come up this year. But the more things change, the more Winnipeg stays the same. Is this another team in Winnipeg that's going to be in the playoffs come April, May? I I think so. I, I think I think this was – I mean, I was completely wrong on them. I thought they'd take a step back. But we, we, we all acknowledge they had talent. And when you have good goaltending, anything's possible. Like no matter you know how – even if you lack depth, if, if you lack uh, both on in the, in the forward group or the defenseman group, if you lack depth, your goalie can make up for that. And when you have a top six and a top pairing like Winnipeg has, you can get off to hot starts like they've had and then maintain it. Because as long as Connor Hollebuck is playing the way he's playing and Kyle Connor is playing like a superstar and and role players and you know Morrissey's playing like a star defenseman and role players like you know I don't know Pionk and and Shifley's got a little le- bit left in the tank and like Cole Perfetti and guys like that you're gonna you're you're gonna win hockey games and and the West has been a little weaker this year uh, than I think we all predicted I thought there there'd be a jump with some of the other teams um, so yeah, I, I think I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think I was dead wrong on on my thoughts on Winnipeg. Uh Ben Tom, I mean, as a Devils fan who needs it as much as I need water, you know, what are the what is the thing that's common between Philadelphia and Winnipeg that the Devils don't have, but they have that has been helping them excel all year? What is the it? Goaltending, the goaltending. Oh, and, well, and the bigger <laughs> and the bigger thing is too is you know with that and part of you know with Winnipeg is they had Shifley and. Um, Hellebuck sign extensions right at the start of the season. We did not know if Hellebuck and Shifley were going to be a part of the Winnipeg Jets after the trade deadline this year. Hellebuck was a guy a lot of people were putting in trade names, and you guys heard me joking about it off air. I think I did it on the air as well for a few pods about the Devils trading for Hellebuck. But yeah, no, definitely, Mike. They the goaltending, 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 goaltending. Yeah, and I think that's why I separate. I agree with Tom, and I don't know what your aspect is on it, Ben. You're probably going to get to it. But yeah, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think that the start that they've had, um, they've been hot. I think they'll be able to maintain it, be third in their division. And and like I said, if the goaltending continues, like we could definitely see that Hellebuck, how he's been all year and obviously a part of his career. I definitely think Winnipeg can maintain it, um, and they could be a playoff team. They got the talent, you know, uh, 
you said it best in the players that they have. Um, so would not be shocked if they make the playoffs. And um, yeah, I just, I need that goaltending, Ben. I know you want it as much as I do, but, and I wish we could have gotten it, but they're getting it in Winnipeg. And that's the reason why they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah. It's going to have to be someone not named Connor Hellebuck for the New Jersey devils. Now, um, I, I do want to say Winnipeg, 26 points. They would be second place tied with Carolina in the Metropolitan Division. Now, some of that could be just because you're playing more games against non-Metropolitan Division teams. But I think the Metropolitan has just been weak. You've had teams like New Jersey, teams like Pittsburgh, teams like the Islanders, who are expected to be good teams, not play well. So I think that's a big reason for that. Now, I do think that Winnipeg will be a playoff team. And the big reason for that is just because I just don't see more coming from the teams that are not in the playoff picture, right? Right now, St. Louis and Nashville are the wild cards out there in the West. Arizona, Calgary's had a bit of a resurgence. Seattle hasn't been good this year. Anaheim's come back down to earth. Edmonton is still below 500, well below 500, Minnesota, they've had their coaching uh, changes going on. Chicago has their situation going on with Corey Perry. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, they're not a playoff team. They still only have five wins. Um, so I, I think that from Winnipeg's standpoint at this point, if they were in the East, I think maybe their competition for a playoff spot would be a little bit stronger. I mean, even a team like Buffalo, who's gotten their doors blown off by – you know, quite a few of our teams uh, so far this year, they're still right in the playoff hunt in the East. So everybody's good. Everybody has their nights. But now I do want to get into our power rankings and our power rankings are going to be out shortly. Um, a little bit later this week, we are kind of trying to transition to have them drop the same day as our podcast. So the power rankings will be out on Thursdays now, as well as our podcast. But you know, we are going to talk about one of those teams. I'm going to talk about the Kings, but first, guys, I want to let you guys go. Uh, Mike, you first. What team do you want to talk about this week that will be on our top 10 power rankings? Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll with the Dallas Stars. I feel like I picked this team a few times when we've had this segment, and I apologize that I'm overusing, but you know how much of a fan I am and how much of a powerhouse I think that they are. Um, And, you know, it's just a – Simple topic of the day in this podcast for me, especially, but the goaltending is the big situation over in Dallas Stars for me, too. I think Andrew is playing at a top tier level uh, this year um, in net for Dallas, and that just makes them even more dangerous that they are, and it makes them deserve to be in our power rankings. And, um, you know, just last night, he went 27 for 27 against Winnipeg, who we just talked about, who we consider a playoff team. Um, so I think that uh, the Stars with the powerhouses and, and the talent that they have, um, they deserve to be in our power rankings time and time again. And uh, um, it's definitely showing with them being second in the vision um so I, I think that they will i think eventually which is my bold prediction will eventually top that later in the season uh the dallas stars dallas cowboys dallas mavericks dallas stars no, no bias, no bias. <laughs> for for me i'm going with the florida panthers because i i think this team is i don't know how people can still underrate them after what they did last year in the playoffs they are though. but they're they they are creeping their way up to the top of the Eastern Conference. They're creeping their way up in my mind to the to the power rankings. I think I had them, you know, uh, uh, fifth or sixth uh, this week. I can't remember off the you know the exact number off the top of my head. Just a solid hockey team. They're building off the success they had in the playoffs. I think you know their goaltending in the regular season is always going to be up and down because their goalies don't like to turn it on until the postseason starts. So I think uh, what we're seeing from Florida is uh, just a really good team. Their whole forward group is really solid from top to bottom. Their defenseman group, you know, not, you know, 
I think the problem with with Florida, when people look at them from the outside, it's kind of just like, and Kachuk made the comment a couple of days ago where it's like, we don't look at power rankings. We don't look at anything. Like we're in Florida. We just love Florida. You know, we're not worried about it until the season Mm -hmm. starts. Like, and I think the fans kind of, the other fan base is kind of just like, oh, they're Florida is whatever. I mean, and then you look at the team, it's like, wow, this team's really, really good. And, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to give them their their coup de gras this week because they've been playing really good hockey and they're on their way up to the top. And Panarin almost just scored a sick fucking goal. So, oh, excuse yeah. me, you might have to no, you're, you're, you're good, Tom. You're good. You're good. We'll throw the explicit tag on this one. Uh-huh. All right, cool. <laughs> For the one, the one comment. Come on, come on, Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler, stuffed by Huso. Yeah, oh, no. Man. Look, I think you know play when by, it comes play to by Florida. Major. Hey, man, maybe you should join me in the booth. Now, you know, when you've got a team in Florida that, you know, made it to the cup, it is tough to say underrated, but they really are. And I think the biggest reason for that, for me at least, the reason why I underrate them is because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Bobrovsky. Like, I know the phone – like, you guys know last year I I said Florida was the team that – you know, if any team that is a wild card, you know, one of the lesser teams that's going to sneak in and go on a run, it's Florida. Like, this is a team that I don't underestimate that way. I thought that, though, because I thought Bobrovsky could get hot. Historically, he can't maintain that pace. And I'm just not sure how much longer he's going to be able to do that. Spencer Knight is not going to be able to step in and take the reins from Bobrovsky. It's just not going to happen. The way Spencer Lyon had to do to get Florida into the playoffs, by the way, it was Spencer Lyon who got them there. It was Bobrovsky who stepped in for Lyon after Florida lost, I believe, two out of the first three games of the postseason uh, to Boston. So, I think that when it comes to Florida, that's really the big thing there. But the team I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Kings, because this is, in my opinion, the best team in hockey. The Kings currently just three losses in regulation. There is not another team in the NHL currently that has fewer than four losses. The Kings have been very, very difficult to beat in regulation. Their center depth is the best in the NHL. I think it's not even close. One through four down the middle of the ice, they're unbeatable, and it's really showing that it's helping them dominate. I mean, their they're top two centers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Andre Kopitar, fantastic. Uh, you throw Arvidsson in the middle. This is really just a talented group in Los Angeles. Yeah, the goaltending is Cam Talbot. Maybe that's their biggest weak spot. But the difference between them and a team like New Jersey is they have outstanding defensive structure. And Andre Kopitar is a big-time veteran in the middle of the ice. While Nico Heischer, who's missed 11 games, is finally back for New Jersey, looking to get to a Kopitar level. I think the Kings right now are playing like the best team in hockey. It's not even close. Their center depth, their defense is good. They're able to score their power play. Their special teams are good. I just don't think that there's a team better right now than the Los Angeles Kings. But that is going to do it for us here on the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. Appreciate you guys all tuning in. Uh, Definitely appreciate Mike, Tom, always being on with me. We will be back next week. We've got more hockey. Make sure you stay tuned for the power rankings coming out. And we'll be back next week. Have a good one.